What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Wolfie's Gaming Den. I am your host, Alex Wolf. Man, uh, so here we are. We're, we're still in uh in, in quarantine mode here. Uh, everything's still kind of shut down. It it's funny. Things have kind of become. They're calling it the new norm, right? Which I mean, I can understand, right? If like tensions on everything going on with COVID nineteen have kind of laxed up, I feel like everyone's just like, okay, this is just the way things are, and going about it. Um, so I wonder, you know, like, I guess, will people's behavior change? Like, or like, you know, we were doing pretty well, right? Everyone was washing hands, staying six feet apart, all this stuff, right? I wonder if people become more lax on these kinds of things coming up, you know, like people like, oh, you know, I don't have to wash my hands, I'm staying at home, blah, 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 I'm doing this, like, oh, you know, I can go to the store, I can do this, or this, that, and the other, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, for me, you know, I've kind of feel like I've kept up the same routine I've had since the beginning of it all. Uh, I'm still at home, still keep clean, still changing clothes as soon as I get home from work. Wash my hands every time I do outside and do a lot of good stuff. Occasionally I have to remind myself, or Rachel has to remind me more like it, but I do. Um, I, If anything, I've checked into Untapped with the beers I've had more frequently and with more comments you know i now it's like oh this is fun sort of like playstation trophies like i get to drink a beer and i get a medal for it it's getting to the point where i'm getting less medals for things so i'm just checking in so i'm a little bummed when i check in. i don't get like a oh congratulations you did this this is your new badge i'm like whatever fuck you guys then i i know i'm worth it i say as i drip i drip i take a drink of my uh brew dog elvis juice which isn't half bad um, so yeah, that's, that's what's going on with me. I got a washer, uh, which sucked. Um, in the aftermath, like getting the washer in there, like I felt fine. It wasn't a problem. Now my back hurts like a, a day later after doing it. So I did this last Saturday. So this is a week ago now I did this and that Sunday morning, my back, I feel like someone needs to like snap my back in half <laughs> to feel like whatever is catching it and making it so sore and stiff will just break, so I'm back to, like, you know, loosey-goosey, but I can't, so now I feel like I'm 56 years old in a 26-year-old's body. It's great. <laughs> I'm loving it. It's fantastic. Um, so that's what's going on with me. I've had to, I took a break from playing Dragon Quest. Um, I got to a point where I, I was playing that game, like, monstr- monstrously. I've put in over 100 hours, at, and if I played, it was extremely long sessions. Um, and I was like, you know what? I can go for the platinum. It's not that bad. This list is pretty simple. Uh, and then I realized where I was at with it. I'm like, so this list is simple, but holy hell, does it take so much damn time? I, I can't, I can't do this. So I was getting like mind numbed from it. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna stop. I'll come back to this in a few months or something. Or like, if I need some time to kill at home, I'll turn it on, grind a little bit, and move on with my day. Things of that nature. I was like, I can't do this right now in all one one go. No way. So Rachel then started playing Persona 5 Royal. Um, I'm in, I'm enjoying watching her play. Um, while I would like to play it myself, it, with it being a turn-based RPG, you know, the controls, I don't get, I'm not like, oh man, I'd love to feel how that feels in my hand. I'm kind of okay, like I'm selecting the commands, you know, and walking around Shibuya Center or Shibuya Square and whatnot in Tokyo and talking to people. I'm okay with, you know, watching her do that. That's fine. I'm not missing out on anything with the gameplay, but I'm getting the full story experience, and that's been really cool to see. Um, I feel like it's style. Like, a game has a ton of style, and I, I love it. The music, the aesthetic, all of it is super, super enjoyable. 
So like at first she wasn't a huge fan as she as she was playing it. Um but I'm like, please continue playing. Like I'm loving every minute of this. Like if you want to put the controller down, that's fine. I will pick it right back up because this is great. Um, but as she's played it, uh, she still has her gripes, but she's enjoying the story more as it's picked up. So that's what we're into now. I also picked up Final Fantasy VII Remake. I've installed it. I haven't started it yet, just simply because waiting, you know, Rachel's playing Persona. So waiting for a time where she says, oh, no, yeah, go ahead and play Final Fantasy. And like, all right, cool. Because I don't want to start without her. I'd like her to at least witness it. I'm not sure how she'll feel about it, um, turning it on. So... You know, I, I want her to, you know, see at least the opening moments to see if it'll catch her attention and go from there. Uh, if she doesn't care about it afterwards, okay, that's fine. You know, she'll give me the okay to play without her watching. It's cool. Um, if it becomes something she's engrossed in, cool. You know, I'll play with her and, you know, well, we'll see how that goes. I'm excited to give that a try because, so I never played the original Final Fantasy VII. I played Dirge of Cerberus, Crisis Core, and I watched the Advent Children film, uh, the original and complete and i loved it and i always say i have an idea like i know what the main story consists of and all those iconic moments right but i never actually played it so this is my opportunity to go in and try this and that's something i always told myself because at the point i realized what final fantasy final fantasy 7 was you know it was like ps2 time I didn't want to go back because the game looked dated and I'm like, oh man, there's so much stuff. And then especially like PS3, I'm like, I can't go back to this game. I, I couldn't get past the, how dated it looked. So I was like, I can't do that. I'm like, hopefully Tetsuya Nomura will, you know, finally say, hey, I'm going to make a remake. And here we are in 2020. By Jovi's done it. And that game's getting like critically, like critically acclaimed reviews here too. Like people giving it five out of five, sins out of tens. Uh, and that's awesome. And that, that kind of leads me in my, my one of my topics today is uh, Game of the Year talk, right? It's the end of the first quarter. Um, we're heading, you know, we're midway through April now, so Q1's kind of over and done. So we'll see, like, Game of the Year watch, what contenders we have. Uh, also going to talk a br- briefly touch on what I talked about uh, last episode about um, should the PS5 be delayed and more because this is Wolfie's Gaming Den a video game podcast where I, your host, Alex Wolf, with the knee on the end, talk to you about my thoughts in the current video game industry and all the news out there. If you're a fan of the show, feel free to check out the show on Apple Podcast, Anchor FM, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Um, if you like to support the show, by all means, head on over to anchor.fm slash Wolfie's Gaming Den and hit that subscribe button. Uh, and the, Or you can hit the support this show where you can donate as little a dollar a month. You can always cancel it whatever you are willing to contribute. I'm greatly appreciative all the same. Um, Yeah, let's get get into it. So let's kind of reflect on last episode where I talked about where I think it would be a good decision for the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X to hold out until early next year instead of pushing for this holiday just due to the COVID-19 pandemic that, you know, a lot of people are out of work. They can't necessarily afford to go go buy a new console even if things were to open up now, right? Because they still have to kind of adjust back to getting bills paid, make sure that things kind of flow back into that norm. So who knows how long that'll take um, for people to go out and say like, oh man, so that'll hurt both Xbox and PlayStation sales numbers because not as many people can go out. Uh, There was recently uh, something put out saying that PlayStation is expecting to ship uh, less units um, to stores and retailers than they did with the PlayStation 4 due to everything, which just further fuels that fire that I think it should be pushed. 
It's if you think you can't get as many consoles out right now and you don't think, and there's that risk of it not selling right away just due to income and the economy of everything right now, what what sense does it make to get it out there as early as possible if you got to wait a few months for it to start kind of picking up? Whereas with the PS4 and the Xbox One, especially the PS4, it sold like gangbusters right out the gate, you know? So I, I just don't quite understand the logic. Like, I guess I can understand if it's like, oh, well, if we limit the number of consoles out there, right, our numbers look better because there's less people buying it at launch. But if that backfires, then it's a huge misstep. It would just make more sense to delay it just a couple, like, you know, maybe two, three months at the max, I would say. Right, I that at least that's in my quote unquote expert opinion. Uh, that would be the way to do, go about that. But so far, they're still hauling for that 2020 launch cycle, and I'm surprised Xbox hasn't put out a similar statement saying like, you know, we're gonna ship something out just a little less and kind of go or less units out to retailers and things of that nature because they're gonna run into the same issue. Um, I just again stand by my point that I said last time. Hold out, wait some time, let things kind of clear up. Be a little more responsible about it and also again capitalize on the fact that consoles are selling like hotcakes right now i've been trying to help a friend find a nintendo switch for two days now can't find one um because of how many people are buying consoles to get them something to do while staying at home uh playstation 4 is doing the same thing while they're not as selling they're not selling as much as nintendo switches they're still clearing out i mean they're i'm scrolling through reddit and i'm seeing different retailer pages i follow say like an employee saying like guess what i don't have it in sale right now and it's like ps4s and switches but not the xbox one um you know honestly i'm surprised more people aren't picking up xboxes this time of year or this time around because of staying at home and the consoles are cheaper than ever you can buy an xbox one x for 300 bucks right now so you can only imagine what the all digital and the S models are doing, or hell, if you can buy your, buy one of the original models that launched, I can imagine those things are more than two hundred bucks, right? And with the capability of Game Pass, ten dollars a month and a slew of games, you know, sound and right now a lot of a lot of deals are giving you a dollar to start up for that first month. For Xbox Game Pass, that's a ton of games available at your disposal to play just by picking up that console pretty much. You know, like you spend the dime on you need on the console, spend an extra dollar to get Game Pass, you're set. And then with all the free play weekends you can do, and if you decide to sign up for Xbox Live, all of those things, I feel like that's a better bang for your buck than a PlayStation 4 would be, but Xbox isn't selling out right now. So we'll see what happens on uh, and, and that front. But again, further fueling my fire for capitalizing what you have now and what's pushing and then use those funds to improve on the technology you have on your next generation consoles just to make sure everything's got that nice polish on there so you have less of a failure rate and a better success rate when consoles finally ship come this holiday or hopefully q1 2021 so that's there speaking of quarters it is Middle of April, I'm recording this, I believe it is April 18th, right? I'm. We've had a lot of great stellar titles launch this year, especially the month of March alone. So just a few to name off, we've got um, Animal Crossing, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Persona 5, uh, just to name a few. 
so oh and and then resident evil 3 um so it's kind of like we're kind of shaping the game of the year because again all these games came out to critical acclaim so far um some more polarizing than others looking at you resident evil 3 but still like there's no denying it'll be a part of the conversation at least in early phases um i'm curious to see what the rest of the year has in store especially like with it being a next a new console generation on the horizon what can we expect to come from that that could possibly be in the game of the year conversation um and seeing how that falls right because if it if they launch november they're in they're kind of late in that conversation right if the game awards happen you know just for sake of using an event uh if the game awards happen on the regular schedule in like the first or second week of december right what next gen titles will make it into their conversation if any um you know so again adding more fuel fire roll those console games over in the next year have them be a part of the game game awards conversation 2021 and boom you'll see an uptick because your game that you put out on a next generation console is gonna be like oh man that's a great title i gotta go pick it up for the people that didn't eh, eh, see i know what i'm talking about guys sometimes at least i think i feel like i could do but anyway so with those handful of titles i mentioned it's interesting it'll be interesting to see what goes far I don't think I think Animal Crossing will be a part of the conversation again, early early phases. But I don't think it'll go any further, um, just because I, I the game is nice and it's fun and it's relaxing. And it's fun and it's a fun socializing aspect. But I don't think they go any further than that. Like nothing revolutionary, at least not this time around. It's just fun and it's something people have wanted. Um, it is by no means I feel like a game of the year contender like if we get to final nominations right it's just not one i can see um doom eternal i could see up there just because it is it capitalized on everything that 2016 doom did and improved upon it from what i've read and seen um so to take that out of the equation would be crazy it's definitely gonna be up there in talks final fantasy 7 remake and Resident Evil 3 alone right now, probably my top two to expect to see talked about, just because Resident Evil 3 following the footsteps of Resident Evil 2, being gorgeous, solid gameplay, while again, it's a bit more polarizing, so was Death Stranding when it launched, and it was still talked about and still nominated. So, I fully expect to see Resident Evil 3 kind of be there. I don't think it'll win it. I think right now the strongest competitor is Final Fantasy VII Remake, as... It hasn't been as polarizing. It's maybe getting lesser scores here and there, but nothing like I'm seeing 4 out of 5s, 8 out of 10s, and then 10 out of 10s, and so forth. Nothing below that kind of average there. Um, the game's executed well. It's got a good amount of gameplay and time put into it. It's gorgeous looking, you know? And to know that it's going to continue is even more of a reason to think, like, man, they're going to do this. We can't wait to see the next installment. So it's got that build-up and that hype behind it, too, which is just icing on the cake. Persona 5 Royal, again, um, while it's a reiteration of a game that came out in 2015, it's still, again, it did what Doom Eternal did um, by polishing everything from the original. And while while it's not a sequel like Doom Eternal is, it still upgraded everything that needed to be done, as well as adding a good chunk of extra content there to where it's being called, you know, one of the best games of this generation. So, in the RPG sense, I imagine it'll probably be the game that, in that realm, will be talked about in Game of the Year. 
Do I see it walking away with it? Not necessarily, because it'll probably run into that politics of, well, it's still the same game that came out in 2015, just more stuff. You know, it's a definitive edition. So kind of see it happening there, Um, which also brings me to another thing is like, we are in a time where remakes are king, right? Like between Resident Evil 2, Final Fantasy 7 remake, and like the critical success and commercial success we saw from the Crash Bandicoot and Sane Trilogy and so on and so forth with Spyro and all sorts of other games um, and HD remasters. To have remakes in the Game of the Year talk, not one but two years in a row now, um, is interesting. And I wonder why that is. I mean, so a lot of these games that are being remade are from, let's... I want to say, let's go late 90s, early 2000s, right? So it's been a good 20 years or so for those games to kind of recycle. We are now in a generation where the kids that played those games are, you know, living their adult lives, right? They're working, they've got families, this, that, and the other. So this is a good way to have this new generation, right, go in and play these games for the first time and experience what we did as kids, um, which is further fuel to the fire, especially with all the new technology and advancements we've had in that in those two decades, um, to see what can be done for those games we played as a kid that we thought were so revolutionary and to see how far they've come. And it, So, for instance, like, let's say Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, it's been over 20, a little over 20 years since Final Fantasy VII launched on the PS1, and remake has added not only expanded the story right like i believe what i heard was the first this first installment in the remake series covers the first five hours in the original game and this version now is 35 hours long or so average playtime, at least to complete the story that's crazy so that's that's just a testament to not only development um and production but storytelling and narrative because they're fleshing out so much to where they can take a game that they can take the first parts of a game and make it a full story on its own is crazy. So same thing with Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3. While you know it's revamped and some things have been trimmed and added and this, that, and the other with both games, um, it's enough to kind of say like, man, they've increased their tech their development cycle, their creativity, um, just so much has gone into that, so much time and heart and blood, sweat and tears and whatnot and et cetera have gone into this to bring this game to life to where some, you know, it could be, it's a remake, but like only in a name, like there's so much new and so much done to improve upon the original that it, it is impressive on almost every aspect. Um, and I wonder, like, is this something we'll continue to see with future games and future titles, right? Like, when's that next rotation happen? Or are we even done with this rotation, right? Like, there's plenty of games that came out in the early 2000s, late 90s that could totally, you know, benefit from a breath of fresh air. Um, the Jack and Daxter series, for one, would be awesome to see on next gen and kind of rebuilt from the ground up. That'd be crazy to see. Uh, a new Kirby game, like, just kind of, like, Let's breathe fresh life in the Kirby. Let's go with it. And, like, let's reintroduce the character. Like, sure, we've had sequels, but let's reintroduce it. Um, it it's... What are some other ones I'm trying to think of? Uh, hmm. Sly Cooper. They could use it, right? Sly Cooper was a great title for the early PS2 era that could totally benefit from a fresh coat of paint. 
um, so much. It's it's insane to see how this could all translate into a new age of games. It was, you know, everything old is new again. <laughs> um, and honestly, I can't be. I wouldn't be mad at it. I don't think I'd be as upset because they'd be taking aspects from new, fresh IP, right? That has been around more recently. People picking up those ideas and more new and fresh IP could take apart what these remakes have done. Like, oh man, they did that. Like, that's crazy. Didn't think about that. Go that direction. So that'd be kind of cool to see too. Um, and it's, I feel like it's getting harder and harder. Or, or we see less and less like new big franchises and an IP out there to where, you know, everyone's expecting, everyone's sequels. Everyone wants this. Everyone wants that. They want more of the same. And remakes are a way to satiate that appetite but at the same time add more to it to where it could be in some conversation considered a different game um or really the spin-offs of things that maybe developers and writers wanted to do back in the day but the technology wasn't there now it is now we can flesh a story out i mean hell we go into instances where it becomes a totally new game right like final fantasy 15 was originally final fantasy uh versus 13 or 13 versus or versus 13 one of the two and there was so much added on to that because so much new tech and new styles and new writing and new conversations were happening to where it was like, let's just make it a brand new game. Let, let, we've got so much material here. Let's just work with it. You know, so a lot of remakes could be born from that. Like same thing with like Devil May Cry at its start being a sequel to Resident Evil. It was, there was so much used and in such a totally different direction. It's like, let's just make it a new game. There's no sense in keeping it a new franchise. So I think with these remakes, we'll see more spinoffs and more new IP and things of that nature. So while the remakes themselves may not be completely and totally original, they will lead to completely and totally new original ideas. So that's my thought on the process. Um, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Like, genuinely, genu like I think... Out of every game this year, my <laughs> the games I want to play the most are games that came out 20 years ago. It's really impressive to see. And now I want to see what the newer generation thinks of these games. Like, what? Like, I it just raises that conversation. Like, oh wow, it's this good. Like, what was it like back in the day to where they justified themselves to redo this? Right? Like, I want to see those conversations. It would. I don't know. It it just seems like it it could lead to very very what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, intuitive and intelligent conversations between this generation and the next. But anyway, guys, that's all I have this time around. A little bit on a short and sweet side of the episode, but I just, I got in the mood and like, let's talk about stuff. There's some news that's happened. Let's get my opinion out there, right? Let's see what people think. So if you'd like to join in the conversation and kind of talk to me about this stuff, by all means, my Twitter is open, you know, send me a follow, Send me a message, whichever. I'm more than happy to converse with you guys about this. I, I love doing it. Um, so you can find me on Twitter. It's at Alex D. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. Um, same thing with Instagram. I think Instagram I'm on at the Alex Wolf. But yeah, by all means, reach out to me, guys. And with that, I will see you next time.